We're holding in the middle of the Indian of uh, Kibud, the types of uh, uh, types of things that are included and not included in in the actual mice of Kibud. Um, Gavaldik. Okay, so I'm going to mention a couple of ideas going through them, as we said last time, that although the Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara brings us many of these ideas, and some of which are, many of which are still Nagea, some of them are not so Nagea, that we'll get to one of them, the Ica today. But I want to mention some of the other ideas, just to give you some examples, when we're talking about the Indian of Kibbutz, as we said, uh, there are many things that are included in that, even though they're not maybe mentioned Mufurish in the Gemara. So, for example, is, as I think we might have hinted to this, and Be'etzim, it's a medrash, and that is a child should always try to anticipate that which his parent may need, even though his father or mother doesn't ask for it Mufurish, but if they need it, then there's definitely a Chiv involved, and therefore that's what a person should try to do. In fact, the medrash tells us, this a medrash tells us about... Um, Yidkul Chalafta used to do this for his parents. He used to always, before the parents asked, he would run and do it. He knows, he, he, he thought, oh, I think my father's going to ask me to take out the garbage, or he's going to ask me to do whatever it may be. So before his father even asked, before his mother asked, he ran to do it. The, the Medrash tells us he was Zoycha to have five children that were Tanoim. Because he always anticipated that which his father needed, that which his mother needed, and I think that's a very important idea to remember. Moving on. Okay. Uh, moving on. The Poskim discuss from Shlomo Zalman, for example, as a tshuva that says, and again, I'm going to speak random ideas of Kibbut before we get to one of the main ones that the Gemara and Shulchan Aruch deal with, because that's already a whole different sugya. Uh, a child should arrange his father's medical needs. If your father needs tablets, he needs uh, medical attention, he needs a doctor, he needs prescriptions, he needs something done, that is obviously for a, ch- for a child to do to make sure that his parents, uh, mother or father's medical needs are taken care of. Not only that, you should also arrange that the bills are being paid. Now, we will discuss and this will not be today, this will hopefully be either tomorrow or the next day, a very, very important question, and that is, who has to pay for kibbutz over aim? We have to first understand the shaila, and then we'll talk about why it is so, and how it applies in so many cases. But we'll talk about who has to pay for the mitzvah of kibbutz over aim at a different time. But him, there should be an in that the child should make sure that the payments are being paid, especially if the parents are older, they're not looking after things, a child should take charge and make sure that things are being looked after. The Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch says something which I personally have used many, many times myself. Uh, the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch, you look it up, and Simon Kuf Mem Gimel in Halacha Chof Aleph brings a very important thing. He says, what is the highest madrega of Kibbut of Aim? In other words, all of you, after hearing all these shilas and hearing all of these in Yonim of being Machabed, your parents, I want to Mekayim the Mitzvah in the best possible way. How do I do it? What's the way to Mekayim the Mitzvah in the best way? Says the Kitzvah Shonach You know how? Learning Torah. That's it. That's the only thing. Learning Torah gives your parents the biggest kibud they could ever know, as the Gemara tells us, Mufurish. The Gemara says... That they say about such a child, look, ashray to the parents, praiseworthy is to the parents that raise such children to sinning and learning Torah. And I must add something which I think is quite important. Even if your parents don't appreciate 
you learning Torah, which Baruch Hashem, I don't think is negated to anybody on the screen right now, but I myself have dealt with many, many people whose parents were not appreciative, they didn't want their, parents, their kids to learn, they were unhappy that their kids were learning, or maybe they were happy they went for a year in Israel to have their year off, but after they finished their year in Israel, let them come back, let them start the quote-unquote, the real world, let's get back into things, none of that sitting on the bench wasting their parents' money in yeshiva, come on, it's got to get back to doing things, he wasn't interested in them learning, and again, we're not going into it now we'll discuss at a later stage as you can see there's so much more to discuss that certain times you are putter from Kibar of Ein, that you do not have to listen to your parents and obviously this is going to be one of them and the reason for that is because even if they don't realize it Kibar of Ein of the highest degree is by learning Torah and therefore, when you learn Torah, you're giving your children the biggest kibbutz, even if they don't chap it, they don't realize it, they don't appreciate it, it's irrelevant. That is the biggest kibbutz of aim, says the Kitzvah Shulchan that you can do for your parents. Amazing. Okay, that's uh, a couple of other things as well. The Sefer Charedim brings something which I'm sure we might have mentioned, but again, if your parents ask you something, uh, you should do it immediately, without stalling, without, you know, murmuring, without waiting, without, you know, delaying it. No procrastinating, it has to be immediate. Visiting your parents, right? This is Nagaya to, um, you know, I guess if you're at the home, so it's not so Nagaya to you guys, but, you know, Nagaya to someone who lives out of home, someone who's married, someone whose parents don't live in the same house as him, whatever it may be, visiting your parents is included in the midst of a kibbutz of aim, and the frequency may depend on the situation. They bring down Bashem the Chazanish, that the Chazanish. The Chazan Ish would visit his mother, his elderly mother, for years and years and years, until eventually she passed away, but he would visit her every single day, which the Chazan Ish can imagine, the whole Kalali Son in Bnei Brak, the whole Kalali Son in the world, was looking towards the direction of the Heilige Chazan Ish, but yet he understood, with all of his time, with all of his learning, with all of his responsibilities, he understood that Kibbutz of Aim is very, very important, as we mentioned in the beginning as well, it's one of the only myths of Arach Yomim that you get a tremendous amount extra life, and as we explain the reason for that, is because um, since a person has to take time doing Kibbutz of Aim, it takes time and therefore the Rabbanishim says, don't worry you'll get that time back. In other words, if you're worried that you've been sitting and you're learning your Kedusha and you're chazuring the Kedusha and you're learning Gemara and your parents ask you to do something, you're like, oh, I really want to learn. Don't worry, the Rabbanishim will give you more years to be able to do more limited Torah, more Chesed, more Mitzvahs from all the time that you spent from being Mechabit, your parents. Um... When a father visits, he should be given all the honors as if he's the owner of the house. That means he washed it first. He should sit at the head of the table. There is a Shiloh, by the way, about um, making hamotzi. Do we give our parents... Uh, this is Nagei Be'ezes Hashem when you get married and your father comes to, you know, comes to visit you, comes to Shabbos by you, so you give him the top of the table. Should he be the one that actually cuts the bread and makes the hamoitzi? So the Shulchan Aruch says in Simon Reish Shamach Vov, Sifiyot Beis, that the Balhabaya should always be the one that cuts the bread. And the reason for that is that since the person who's the Balhabaya can give Ba'ayin Yofa, he can give more generously because it belongs to him, therefore he should always be the one to do that. I don't know if people know this, but I don't know if you were ever by a Rebbe Shetish. There are definitely some people on the screen right now who have definitely been by a Rebbe Shetish. Ah, he's smiling. So, um, if you be by a Rebbe Shetish, you always notice, and there, there are Alpikabola reasons for this also, but one of the main reasons, if you ever saw a Rebbe who cut the challah, is he cuts the challah, he makes one you no know, cut, and then he cuts a huge slice. 
a huge slice, and from that slice, I'll cut a smaller slice, or I'll take a piece from it, whatever it is, depending on the different minhagen that people have. What's the reason for such a huge slice? The reason is because the Ramah says, the halacha is in Hilchos Betzea Pas, Hilchos Hamoitzi, that the first piece of bread that you cut should be enough of a piece, as big of a piece, that you will need for the entire meal. Which is what he does. He cuts a huge piece, and he takes a bit from there, and he eats it straight away. So that's what people do. And says the Ramah, since that's what we do, then people are not knowing that way, and therefore you can give it to your father to do, to cut the bed in that case. But again, Akolofi Hamokin Vahazman. Um... Agav, interesting question, which I think we'll talk about in, in, in different ways as well. If the parent feels, and I've yet to find a parent who has ever expressed this to me, that my son is doing too much to me. No, he's doing too much kibbutz of aim. He's being too nice. He's doing everything I ask him. He's figuring out what I need even before I need it. Uh, that's too much. It's too much honor. I can't take the covered. Mamish, I'm brand new. Rabbi Reach, man, I covered. Covered my tzina. So Adam in a oilam. Chazal tell us, no, I don't need all this covered. Do me a favor. Could you tell your father? Could you tell my son? After all these wonderful shimon of kibbutz of aim, he's doing too much for me. If that's taka the case, and again, I've yet to find a parent that has ever complained in that manner, then obviously the child should cut back on whatever it is. Now, there's another interesting thing as well which I have to mention, this one is for the parents out there. I know there's only one parent right now listening, but I'm sure on any time others were listening, and you guys in Mitzvah will be parents very soon. Be'ezus Hashem, right? People, Baruch Hashem, you know, Corona, guys want to get married much quicker already. Let's get it over and done with. So a parent says the Shulchan Oruch, it's brought down Be'etzim, it's a Rambam. The Rambam brings the Hilchus Mamon, Peg Vavalach Ches, look it up, beautiful. He says like this, he says, and which we're going to learn a bit later on, he said a parent should never burden his children with too much honor because it's a Shiloh of Lifneiva. In other words, if a parent learns, opens up, you're a deism and reishmem, oh, look at all these alochas, he has to stand up for me, and he has to serve me, and he has to tie my shoelaces, and he has to serve me, and he has to cook for me, and he has to clothe me, and he has to, you know, everything he has to do for me. All right, son. Come, let's learn these halachas, right? I, my son is not in the room right now, by the way. I could have called him into the room, say, listen into this shit. It's a very important shit, but he's not here right now, but I'm sure he'll, uh, he keeps the halachas anyway. But if a parent comes along and says to his child, I want you to do all of this, it's not a good thing. Ah, it is a chiv and a son to do everything for the parent. But a parent says the Rambam shouldn't burden his children too much because it's a shaila of lifni. Ever the Shulchan brings it in Simon Reish Mem, Sif Yutes, that if a, if a parent burdens his child doing too much, the child won't do it and therefore will be over on an issa of not being machabed their parents properly and therefore you, you the parent, are over lifni ever lesetamechshal. Which is why you've got to be very, very careful. The Gemara tells us, for example, again, we'll learn that later. The Gemara says that you should be careful not to hit a child. We're talking about an older child. An older child that could basically retaliate, who could hit back. Because when he hits back, you over on an Issa of Lifneva. And that's true. He was over on the Issa of Bima Vazir's parents. That's a terrible Issa and terrible, terrible punishments for someone that hits his parent. Especially if he causes a bruise, which is obviously the Shaila if you're allowed to go paintballing with your parents. Right? Forget about your Rebbe. That's a whole different Shaila. But with your parents, it's a big Shaila if you're out to go paintballing simply because you're going to be causing a bruise causing a bruise for a parent is very dangerous we'll talk about it about a doctor and a dentist if you have a child parent who's a doctor or dentist what's the halacha to such a case um, okay, so, so therefore, again, a parent has to be very careful, and you as a parent, now, Baruch Hashem, you've learned these halachas, be careful with your kids, don't demand too much of them, it's not Kadai, because you're going to be over on Nifne ever when they don't do what they say. Agav, there's another interesting thing that I found as well in the Pelayoyitz, beautiful Pelayoyitz, at the end of his sugi in Brochus, brings down... Uh, he wants to say that it's a covet for a child to get a bracha from his parents on Lel Shabbos. Now, we know that many people have a minig on Friday night, 
to go to their parents, their parents give them a bracha, Yivarechacha, which is a beautiful bracha, and Fraim and Menasha, the whole famous Chassam Sofa, that we all know why Dafka Fraim and Menasha, not Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, and not Moshe of Yaren, Dafka Fraim and Menasha, which we're not going to go into now, I'm the Chassam Sofa over there, but al Kopon, it says the Peleyoyot, when a child gets that bracha, the, fire, the father feels good about it, he's able to give a bracha to his child, and it's a kibbut that the child is doing when he allows himself to get a bracha from his parents. A beautiful, beautiful minute. Okay, now, those are just rough examples of things that are brought down in the Sforum, in the Baitskim of Kibbut. I want to get to one of them, which is very Nagea, which is brought down already in the Gemara, and it's important for us to understand, because it's a Gemara, and it's a Rambam, and it's a Shulchan Aruch, Lalach, and Amaisa, so it's important for us to really get this clear. The Gemara tells us, the Kedushan, Daflam, and Aleph, Omer, Bar, Bar Yosef, Rav Yosef, Ki Havi Shomer, Kol Kriya Dimei, when he saw, when he heard the voice, he heard the, 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 the echo of his mother's footsteps. Omar, he said, Eikum, I'm going to stand up. Mark me shechina, to ask you because the shechina is coming. It's a very, very chosh of the Gemara, this one. The Gemara says again, he heard his mother coming. He said, I'm going to stand up in front of the shechina. So number one, we learn from there. There's the union of standing up for a parent. And number two is not just standing up for a parent, you're standing up for the Shechina together with your parent, because again, as we said, a parent is in another Shutuf, another partner with the Rabbani Shem and your parents together. Shulchan Aruch brings this in your day, Simon Reish Mem Siv Dalet, Zayin, I'm sorry, and says that Shulchan Aruch is Chayiv La'amoid Mipnei Oviv. There's an obligation to stand up in front of your father, and by the way, stand up doesn't mean, that's not what it means. That's not called standing up, by the way. That is not called standing up, right? Again, that might be good for your Rebbe. Maybe, maybe. But for your parent, that is absolutely not good enough. Standing up means, completely. I, I witnessed this myself with one of my own Rebbeim. Rebbe Salah Tuski Shlite should live and be well. He's a grandson of Scheinberg, and his father was the Chedushe Basra. Chedushe Basra was uh, about seven, one of 75 Sfarim that was written by Rav Tuski, Rav Chaim Doval Tuski Zatzal. Rav Chaim Doval Tuski was a regular, normal American bocha that walked into Torah Or and became the son-in-law of Rav Scheinberg. He wore Tfinin all day. Um, I was zoichet to speak to him, to learn with him, to see him. It was incredible. It was an incredible yid. He was a Muslim that you can't imagine. It was an unbelievable Muslim. The mamish, they had to make, they had to call him for his daughter's chasna and they said, okay, it's 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 time for the chuppah now. Maybe you want to leave the base medrash and go to the, your daughter's chasna. It was incredible. He was such a Muslim. But just seeing him was incredible. But anyway, so I remember. He used to sit in the base medrash in the corner and he was learning the whole day. He came out and never left. He came in the morning, he left late at, late at night, he let Hanukkah on every day because he held that the base medrash was his house, his father and all of the But anyway, so um, I remember him leaving every so often. He had to go to the bathroom or whatever it was. He had to leave the base medrash. And we had a shir by his son. That's Rabbi Srola to Skishlita. So um, he used to give us a shir, you know, Shabbos, whatever it was. Many, many Gavaldik Hashim is a tremendous book in Aloha, tremendous Yerushalayim that I don't remember ever seeing in my life. And um, I don't believe anyone ever here has probably seen such a year of Shemayim. Just to watch the man say Ashayotza was like looking at someone davening maybe in the Elonium Kippur. Maybe. Maybe. But by him it was like every day. But anyway, so uh, he used to give us the shin. His father would get up in order to leave the base medrash to go to the bathroom, whatever it was. He would stand up. I never saw this by anyone else ever. He would stand up fully. He would stand up. He was in the middle of giving shit, right? He was in the middle of giving the shit, the whole sugi, everything. He stood up. And he stood up and he continued giving the shit on the Torah, and he continued giving the shit until his father left the room, which is basically the halacha that you have to stand up from the moment your father stands up until he leaves the room. Once he leaves the room, it's all over. Or let's say your father stands up and continues to stay up, then you no longer have to 
continue standing, you can sit down at that stage. Right? That's the general halacha when it comes to standing. Uh, let me give you a couple of other inyonim before we move on. Uh, when it comes to the halachas of standing, it's not only your father, obviously it's your mother, even though the Shulchan Aruch says father, you already says mother, there's no nafkamina whatsoever, absolutely, and it's from when you see them from a distance. From when you see them at a distance coming in, that's already the time that you have to do it, although many bring down already the Gilil Marsha, which the Arachashulchan Paskins like, it's from when you hear them, which is what the Gemara already said in that case. The Maisa will not know you to do that from when you hear them in that case. That's what we do. Standing up means fully, as we mentioned. If you're in a different Rishus, meaning you're, for example, on the balcony in the Marpeset, in the garden, a different room, then generally you could be Makel in that case. Now, the post can discuss how many times a day do you have to stand up for your parent? So there are more in Rishman base which is the halachas of covered rabbi v'rabbi v'tamot chacham. He says twice a day is what you have to do. And there are more passing like this as well. One in the morning, one at night is good enough. However, there are those who are machmer. We stand up the whole time, which is very, very important to understand. There's a shayla in the poiskim. Simon Reish Mandala, the Shulchan brings. Do you have to stand up for your Rebbe even? But of course, even for your parent and Bishas when you are learning Torah, which we will discuss later on as a separate sugya of if I'm learning Torah, am I potter from Kibbutz Avim? I'm in the middle of learning right now. My father says to me, do something. Well, I'm in the middle of learning right now. And therefore... I don't want to start. Again, a lot of these things we will discuss. I prefer to do things keseda in uh, in order. Now, the problem I have with all of this is that, and you guys are probably wondering the same thing. When is he going to say avol? But you know, I used to I used to give a share in Ganigula for the Hasidim over there, and I remember a guy comes over to me once by the I used to give a share, aloha, whatever. So a guy comes over to me and says to me, "It's great, Shoram, because you start off like umachme, whatever." But like in the middle of the shay, you start saying, okay, but... And then the rest of the shay is like how it's, everything's okay and everything's mutter and everything's okay. So what happens over here? Standing up. I don't know how, when was the last time, Baruch Hashem, you guys have parents in your homes. Mestoma, you keep this halacha by standing up for your parents, you know, kumole, kumose, all the way. Not just a little bit of a zecha. The problem is we don't really find that people do it. People don't do it. But yet, you open up Shulchan Aruch, you open up the nice kalim of the Shulchan Aruch, no one says a word about nowadays, the minute to be mekel. Nothing. It's unbelievable. There's come up no zeicha that in Shulchan Aruch, and no Yisakeinim on the Shulchan Aruch, how nowadays everything's okay, and it's absolutely fine. So I looked around, I found first of all a Chazanish. The Chazanish in Yerodeh, says, Mekuf Memtes Ois Aleph, right in the beginning. He says, he talks about this Indian, he talks about Soisa, the Dvorov, to contradict their words, and he wants to say uh, something which I think, I think one of you asked, I think Avi Zucker maybe possibly asked this question, can he be Michael? Can a parent be Michael? Which we will discuss at length at a later share, if a parent can be Michael on their covered. And the Chazanish wants to say that since it's true, yes, a father has the ability to be Michael on his covered. And Kvoidoi Michael, and it works. It's Lashon of Chazanish, Rabbi and I read, Mikol Mokoim. Meaning, of course, it can work for a father to, to be Michael his child and say, it's fine, don't worry about it. But that's not That's not how a father should do it. And therefore, Alright, we can be makel to make sure that the child is not over in the Issa. But really and truly, absolutely not. You shouldn't be done. I also found something else in a Kuntras Amhatoira. Madura Gimel Chaburas Ches from one of my Rebbeim, also Rafalk, and basically Rafalk Zatzal, unfortunately, he was Nifta not long ago, and I miss him terribly. 
he had certain clarkite in halacha, mamish clark. There was no like, I'm not sure, maybe like the whole Mishnah Brewer was like written in front of his face when you asked the Mishaila. It was like, oh, but the Mishnah, you know, it was clear, clear cut, crystal clear, clear. Every halacha by him was unbelievable. I was able to sit with him, to learn with him on the phone many, 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 many times. So he wanted to be Yashiv the Minaga Olam, is he wanted to say a very interesting thing. He wanted to say Adarabah. He wanted to say most parents do not want their children to stand up. He says it's mitzah them. The parent is upset. It gets bothered. Like, oh, every time I walk in the room, I'm going to stop walking in the room if every time I come in the room you have to stand up. And therefore, forget. Says Rafag Zatzal, a, a parent doesn't want to. Forget about moichel or not moichel. It's mitzah the parent. The parent doesn't want it. And therefore, that's the reason in the meaning of the Olam why people do not do it. I also found a tshuva. In the Tshuva's Van Hoggers, which is Ramosha Sternberg, Shlita, Chele, Gimel, Simon, Reisha, and Vov, he brings a whole Tshuva on this, and he wants to say that nowadays, that we're Moichol, and it's not even that, without even the Moichol thing, it's not even a Kibbutz. It used to be covered, right? In other words, people were scared of their parents. People respected their parents. In the real sense of the word, respect. Now... Uh, you know, the question is what that means nowadays to respect our parents on what level that is. But standing up isn't considered to be something which is really a respectable thing, and therefore the minig is that generally people do not. I saw also in a, in a Kuntra Sukkas Chaim from someone from Leiko, the cousin of mine. See, he writes down that um, when they were children in the house, he remembers by his father the stipler that when they were kids, his father the stipler was not makbid that they should stand up, he was Bechlal not Makbid, and he said there's obviously Mechila, and for Ket, they don't want it to happen, and therefore that's the reason, but he said after we got married he was Makbid always to stand up. Um, Reb Ruven Feinstein, also brought down in the Kuntras Kibbutz um, Sukkas Chaim, or Kibbutz of Aim, he brings down Reb David and Reb Ruven Feinstein, both giving aidus about their father, Reb Moshe, Mordi, you're listening. Reb Moshe, that Reb Moshe was not Machanach, Reb Ruvain and Reb David, to stand up for them when they were children. Reb, Chaim, um, Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky remembers his father, Reb Yaakov Kamenetsky, also was not Machanach him to stand up in front of him. And they also remember... Um, that uh, Rav Palm was not Machanach's children also to stand up. So it seems to be, you can see from the Gedolim and everything like that, you don't have to stand up. The Minigar Olim is either there's a Mechila or Faket, there's a Mitzar, they don't want it to happen. And or you could say it's not a covet any of those, uh, those things. Let me have a look a second. We have a question come in just now. If my father says, don't get up, do I still need to get up every time he walks in? Okay, so that's a great question. That's a great question. It's an important question. So what I'm saying over here, what I just said, was miyashiv the minayka olam. There's no question that, unless it really bothers your father, and you know that for a fact, he tells you explicitly not to. If he tells you not to, then absolutely not. But if, for example... And I've done this myself as well. Sometimes, you know, I'm not home that much. But when I am at home, I try to use the opportunity, not in front of my father, but for example, if I know I can hear him coming down the stairs. So if he's walked into the room, I won't do it because I know he'll be upset. Like, what are you doing? Standing up for me is ridiculous. But if, if I hear him come down the stairs, I'll, I'll, I'll do, you know, an epis. And the boys can do say that something like that should still be done as a zeicha, as, you know, there's still some kind of keyboard being done, even though the mice Maybe we don't have to do it in the in the full way that the Shulchan Aruch brings, but there definitely is uh, some kind of kibbutz that should be done in that way. Okay, so that is regarding the halachas of um, uh, standing up. I did want to discuss another thing. The interesting question that somebody asked, I don't really understand the question, although I love questions, and questions should always be asked, because they're always important. But this is an interesting question. He says to me like this. He says... 
my mother doesn't want to get a cleaner in the house to clean. She doesn't want to get a cleaner. So she gets me to do it. Do I have a mitzvah kibber of aim? Let her get a cleaner. I'm not talking about simple things. I'm talking about things that generally in most people's houses are done by a cleaner. I'm not talking about now with the corona, no one's got a cleaner in their house. I'm not talking about that. In a regular situation, you have a cleaner. So you have a cleaner in your house. The cleaner does the sponger, maybe the hoovering, changing of the beds, all sorts of things. My mother is not interested in getting a cleaner. Now she's asking me to do it. Do I, do I need to do that? So I think the answer would be, it really depends. If she's doing it because she's being stingy and she's not interested, you know, because of that, really she could get a cleaner. She's being stingy. No, you do it. So then, uh, then I don't know. But if she's trying to machanuch you, had to help around the house, or if money is tight, whatever it is, it's difficult, or, or because of corona, whatever it is, she can't get a cleaner, then absolutely have a chiv. I don't think we can make, start making cheshboiners of, does my mother or my father actually need my help, or really they should have got someone else to do it, and therefore it's not my chiv. We don't start making these cheshboiners. Kibud is kibud, and it's very, very important for a person to remember to try to keep at all times. Um, where are we holding now? Okay, so that's... Okay, that's pretty much what I wanted to get to today. What I need to continue with, because again, there is so much more still to do, is, and I'll just give you, just to let you know, because it's Sunday, to discuss what we're doing, just to have an idea, um, is we're going to discuss uh, um, sleeping up, uh, waking up parents that are sleeping. Do you, do you have a chiv to live near your parents? This is Nagea. Monetary matters in Kibbutz of Aim. Who has to pay, for example? Uh, once you get married, uh, preference between parents, all of these sorts of things. They've got a lot more to do, Be'ez Hashem, which we shall continue, Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow.